Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. Welcome to 2020. Yay! Yay! Officially, actually, we know, we know that this episode is coming out in the middle of the month, so it's already been January, and you will have already listened to our previous episode. Hopefully you have. If you haven't, check back in the feed. We kind of did a review of our year in 2019. It was really exciting to do, and that kind of led us into thinking about our 2020 goals. And we wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what our goals are for ABG collectively and then also our individual goals. You mentioned in our last episode that actually a lot of our growth for ABG was done in 2019. Yeah. A lot of these goals that we're about to talk about is kind of like a result of the growth, right? Yes. That actually segues us into the top of our list very easily, which is one of our main focuses for 2020 is to continue doing some of the things that we started doing a lot of in 2019. And some of those were in-person meeting with fans. We did meetups in LA and SF, on the East Coast, even in Toronto. And so for this coming year, we want to do even more cities. And we're thinking about maybe even a potential tour. And kind of even longer term, we would love to hit up Asia. So if anyone out there in Asia is listening and wants to bring us out, (laughs) hit us up. We also did a couple of formal speaking events at universities and company campuses in 2019, and our 2020 goal is to continue doing more of those as well. And then thirdly, in the, in the line of, you know, more in-person events, we did a live event, you know, off the mic with a collaboratively with a couple of other amazing podcast women. And we want to play around with different live events for 2020, maybe a brunch series or I don't know, ABG con we've talked about Whoa. some sort of convention like KCON, but ABG yeah. con. <laughs> yeah. So all of these like little seeds that we planted in 2019 around in-person meetings and speaking events, we want to really blow that up for 2020. Blow it up, blow it up. And then more on just the podcast itself. I think we're all very aware that the three of us speak from an East Asian perspective. And we know that our listenership reaches beyond the East Asian community. And because our branding is Asian Boss Girl, we do plan to bring on more guests of Southeast Asian and South Asian backgrounds to cover the full humanity of our Asian American experience. So thank you for being patient with us here. And thank you for all of our fans out there. And we've also been reading every email, every DM, every comment on our website, and we've listened to every Dear ABG voicemail from all of you. And honestly, we want to respond to every single one of them. Thank you so much for sending these in. We might not have the capacity to respond to every message, but 
And again, just know that we really appreciate it. And we'll try and cover as much of these topics as possible in our next season. So keep them coming. We really, really do feel so much for all of the messages that we do read. Yes, yeah. And as Helen has mentioned, we saw like an upsurge in all of these messages and DMs in the last season or in the last year in 2019. And, you know, because we also did kind of these more in-person events, just more of the people that we're talking to, everyone from our listeners to fellow creators to other people working in the Asian American space, we're repeatedly getting kind of questions about, oh, like you guys are having this like awesome momentum. Like what are your plans next for ABG? We've been getting that more and more frequently. And so that's been you know, kind of causing us to reevaluate and reflect about kind of how we've been running ABG and, and maybe where we want to take it. Yeah, so for those of you who actually aren't aware, um, we when we start every season, we always meet at a retreat and talk about, okay, what is our current season goals? And we kind of keep it pretty short because, you know, to be honest, we don't want to put that much pressure on us because we do work nine to five. But with all these comments coming in, we're like, you know what, we got to sit down and actually think about what we want to do maybe long term for ABG. So we have a retreat in about a week, and this time we're not actually going to sit down and think more long-term goals and really plan more visionary. And instead of being a reactive, we're going to be proactive, because typically during these retreats, we really just record a bunch of episodes, so we're pretty much ready to go for the following season. But this time, we, you know, we get like order some whiteboards off Amazon. We're going to sit there in a room and think about, okay, where do we see ABG going in the next five years? How can we take this little podcast and be something greater and bigger than what we thought it was going to be in the first place? So in 2019, we started working with a couple of brands and incorporating ads, as some of you might hear in some of our episodes. And as we continue to grow ABG, not only as a community and as a podcast, but also as a business, we want to continue growing this area of our income generation, essentially. So if you are a brand out there that wants to partner with us in any capacity, whether that's through our in-episode content or through our social media, you can hit us up at partner.asianbossgirl at gmail.com. Another in lines of um, trying to grow our business, we also want to increase our line of merch. So we want to launch a bigger line. We have two shirts right now, the Mantra T and the ABGT. But we want to add more to that, to our baby of merch. So we're going to be trying to work with designers to kind of grow that avenue of our business out. And we want to even add tote bags. And you guys also asked for pins. So that's something hopefully we could start coming out with in 2020. And just in terms of growing the podcast even more, currently it's, you know, the three of us. And then we have Michelle, our amazing editor. Thank you, Michelle, who's currently listening to this podcast right now (laughs) to edit it. And we've also added Hemi to the team. And we have our producers as well. And so next season, you know, we've gotten some emails from people saying, hey, we want to be involved. We want to help out. We want to help grow this little baby business of yours too um, and be involved and we're gonna start maybe taking on some you know social media interns or or additional you know people to be part of this community and this team and that's gonna be next season yeah it's gonna be exciting I think for me social is something I really like love and adore so to bring someone on our team to help with social media is gonna be really fun but also challenging to be honest because I like our social to be really great (laughs) but we'll do a call out on our social media for a social media intern so please look out for that and lastly, uh, we kind of mentioned this here and there, maybe in person in other episodes, but, you know, we are a podcast and you guys mostly hear us through our ears, but we also want to give you guys like a visual. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> but we do want to add more content to our lineup. And so we are thinking of a ways how to engage with UABGs and ABBs. And we're looking at starting some videos 
video series or just, you know, recording our podcast on video format. Mm, I don't know if you want to see us right now. We don't look, <laughs> I don't look good. <laughs> you look great. She just has, Helen's kind of sick right now. She has like a teapot and like a bunch of tissues. Yeah. And I'm sitting here in my... Sp- in her sports bra. I think people, people will want to see <laughs> that. They don't want to see that. And Jenna looking all... a giant fresh, t-shirt. Looking all cute, but... No, we're thinking of other ways to, you know, create more content for you guys. So that is something else we're thinking about for 2020. Yeah. I mean, all in all, I feel like we're just listening out a bunch of different things. But I think it's also important to be transparent with where we want to go with our goals mm-hmm. and for next season for ABG. Especially with our listeners, we just want you to be involved. And also, if you have any, you know, thoughts or ideas of what we should be doing or what we could be doing with our, our time next year, feel free to let us know. I feel like you guys have been completely in touch with everything that we've been going mm-hmm. through. So you're like part of our team. You listening right now, I feel like you're all part of us. And you help keep us accountable. So I feel like for us, because we're now committing this to the world of podcasts, <laughs> to the audio world, yeah. um, we have many, many listeners who are going to be holding us accountable for 2020. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So now that we've talked about our collective goals for ABG, we're going to go through and kind of get a little bit more personal now and talk about our individual goals for 2020, which is brand spanking new decade. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Miss Melody, why don't you kick us off? All right, since I did share first on my 2019 reflections, I could share my 2020 goals. I actually felt like after listening to you guys talk about your reflections for 2018, I wanted to actually like shell out some personal time to write these out and actually think about it. Because I think sometimes we just like, oh, these are like my quick goals and like quick hits and then you kind of just go past it. But you guys were so thoughtful with your responses. I wanted to spend some time to think about my resolutions or focus for 2020. In general, I wanted to keep my 2020 goals simple and short so I won't feel disappointed if I don't achieve them. I feel like this year is so significant in so many ways. You know, we're starting a new decade. And for me, it's my last year in my 20s. Whoa. Mm. Mel the baby is yeah. going to become Mel the 30. 30. I, think, I thought I was going to say <laughs> Mel the thirsty. No, I was kidding. And thirsty. Thirsty, thirsty been 30. <laughs> Thirsty's been consistent. Excuse me? Teens, 20s, 30s, whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, but I talk about how I'm so excited to be in my 30s. And the reason why is because I feel like I see a lot of my 30-year-old friends, like you guys, have this confidence and comfort in their own mind and body. So with that said, I do truly love my 20s. You know, looking back, um, I remember this moment when I was 25, and I was expecting this sudden change. But when I turned 25, I felt nothing. 
Mm. And that's when my quarter life crisis kind of happened. And then with that experience, I learned that things don't magically happen when you turn a certain age. You know, I kind of expected that with turning 25, like I'll be this adult all of a sudden, but that wasn't the case. And one thing I learned through that experience was that there are a lot of hardships and lessons that you're going to have in your 20s that least really set the foundation to become this woman I am proud to be now. Mm. So long story short, I really want to make 29 the year I create this easy stepping stone into my 30s. The way I see my 20s is like kind of this buildup, a foundation of lessons and hardships and like skills that I develop that going to my 30s will be very easy versus like 25 I thought something would just drastically change but that's not the case Mm. so with that said here are my goals for 2020 my first goal really is to get my finances in order I get really nervous to talk about finances because I'm that was something I was really insecure about for the longest time because moving into LA I didn't really have a solid income to be honest I kind of struggled for a bit but finally you know after five years living in LA I'm at a place now where I can actually think more seriously about my finances. So this year, I've already been talking to people and educating myself on my retirement plan. I didn't know what a 401k was, a Roth IRA until this year, but I'm finally in a place to uh, really save money and put money away from my retirement fund. Finance is always like a tricky thing, but really just asking you guys like, hey, what's a Roth IRA? And asking everyone around me has been really helpful. So that's one of my main focuses for this year. The second thing really is to realign myself and know my needs. I think I mentioned in 2019 um, in the Reflections episode that I was burnt out the second half of the year due to work, you know, saying yes to too many things and ultimately not putting myself first. And I had the habit of wanting to please people and my lack of happiness was a result of that. I also want to get to a place where I'm giving back time to myself to re-energize that. For me, that's journaling, going to the gym, and pretty much building a routine again. I think I lost that a lot towards the second half of the year. But by saying yes and like going to these dinner plans, which is great, but then I just feel like I lost my... I was in a funk. And I can't even remember the last time I cooked a meal consistently for myself. I've been ordering mm-hmm. out a lot. So when I get back on a routine. Is there kind of like a goal that you've set with like weekly or daily activities? Or like what is the kind of like pattern that you're aiming for? I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about that thoroughly. But I just for me, like having Sundays to like maybe just like, you know, cook a meal for like the rest of the week, not order out as much. And I just want to go back to the gym at least twice a week. I used to do three, but just easing in with me once or twice a yeah. week. I'm actually limiting my alcohol intake because I realize my productivity level has gone down when I drink mm-hmm. on Fridays and Saturdays. Because the next day I'm like stuck in bed, like really just recovering and not enjoying my time alone. So that's one way I'm kind of like easing myself into yeah. a routine again. Those are great. I feel like it's, we have a tendency to want to like set all these like really hard, yeah. rigid, ambitious goals. But then if you go small and slow, they'll actually be achievable and then you'll build up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes even yesterday when I was like, I said no to going out and part of me is like, oh, I should use this time to read. I should read. But part of me is like, I don't need to read. If I don't want to, I'll just like watch a show instead. But I feel like when you have these like special times, these, mm. the sacred time apart for yourself, you're like, I should do all these things. Yeah. That's why people always say, don't shit on yourself. Yeah. Yes. That's one thing I actually learned from the off the mic event. <laughs> um, but another thing I actually started doing this past year was I went back to therapy. I wasn't going to therapy for a while because actually when I started my new job, we didn't have health insurance. And I was looking at different alternatives, but you know, the price for therapy is expensive. So we recently got health insurance. So I got started going back a few months ago. No, literally a month ago. And I just, I really love therapy. I think for me, it's having a place where I can work on myself and tackle some things I'm not really happy with. And from the qualities I love and just mentally being a good place. So that's something I want to continue on for 2020. And I want to find an alternative meditation class or technique. I feel like Headspace is something I did use a lot last year, but I kind of just fell off. Partly because Headspace has this tracking um, component where you have a streak 
there's like 30, 60, 90 day goals. And after I hit 90, I kind of like missed one or two days and it took me back to zero again. And that after that, I was like really discouraged. And I was like, man, like there goes my streak. So I feel like it's been harder for me to get back into Headspace. So I know Janet's doing a different meditation class. She Mm -hmm. mentioned that I kind of want to look into. So it's like a 20 minute thing, right? Or 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening or just twice a day. So I want to look into that. Maybe I'll join you for a couple of classes. And I think overall, this is still under the bucket of I want to realign myself and know my needs. I mentioned how in the previous episode that 2018 was the year I wanted to like know myself and like find myself again. I don't think I lost my sense of self. I just think I kind of fell off track. Mm. So overall, I want to not only want to get back on track with my life, but I want to get on a better track. That's something I want to do for my whole realign myself and know my needs. The last thing I really want to do for 2020 is I want to take an active role in being that entrepreneur and that businesswoman. I do think that um, I haven't really owned up to being an entrepreneur because I feel like that's something I, I, I don't, I never saw myself as one. I never thought I wanted to be one, but I think naturally with ABG growing and we're getting all these questions from our friends and like even you two talking about, oh, listen to this podcast. It's about being an entrepreneur. It is a role that I'm actually really excited to step into and I want to be proud of taking that because I feel like sometimes the word entrepreneur is like, oh, it's you're an entrepreneur. It feels kind of like I don't want to be like I'm boasting about something, mm-hmm. but the reality is I am one. So how can I find my role with this title, I guess? I think also because we all we always saw ABG as a side project, but now as we're scaling, it's like, you know, I got to gotta be more active with this and help us help help us grow a little bit more for me that's you know finding more articles to read and talk to my other entrepreneur friends about starting a business and being more strategic about how we think about abg financially you know just everything so that's one thing i really want to be better at for 2020 so those are my three main buckets one is finance Two is realign myself and know my needs. And three is take an active role in the entrepreneur and being a businesswoman. Oh, I like those, Mel. Those are really good. Yes. Thanks. I feel like this is all inspired because you guys really were really thought out about your 2019 reflection. So I want to be realistic with my goals and just kind of like step into it. And hopefully I feel like 2020, I have a really good feeling about 2020. Those are beautiful goals. Focuses. Focus on aim. Aim. Now, since you guys heard mine, I do. Who went? Who went next last time? Was it Helen? I think it might have been Janet. Helen, do, do you want to go? No, that's okay. You can go first. Okay, go. Okay, Janet. What are your 2020 goals? Focus. Focus. Focus aim. Whatever it is. I also kind of have three buckets, but actually, these buckets are not very clean. Some of them are topical, and some of them are thematic. So I'm just gonna dive right in. <laughs> Similar to Mel, I restarted therapy at the end of 2019, and it was with a particular session and conversation that I had with my lovely therapist that really helped trigger kind of the kind of the biggest overarching themes that I have for 2020, and that is to really think thoroughly about the type of life I want for myself. That sounds super broad and really big, but I feel like in 2019, a lot of my goals and internal work were really around kind of getting to know myself more and healing. And I don't think that ever ends. I'm I'm definitely still kind of like getting to know myself better and accepting, you know, parts of myself, the good and the bad. But I think 2020 is really the time that like I'm going to take what I learned from 2019 and really start to think about going forward, what is the life that I want to build for myself? And that means thinking about who I am. What are the things that I value? Uh, What are the habits that I want to have? 
Who are the people that I want to surround myself with? And core to that for me, I kind of go always back to internally, what are the things that I value? And then more specifically, like what is my purpose here on earth? That gets really esoteric and out there, but I went through this exercise a couple of years ago when I kind of left my stable career and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And mm-hmm. I you know, was like, it's a combination of like trial and error of doing things, like trying stuff, but also a lot of like trying to sit down with yourself personally and being like, what are the things that matter to me? I always kind of had this statement that I came to. There were kind of two things. One was I wanted to do something more creative, but I couldn't get very specific about what that was. And I finally have kind of arrived at that through kind of trial and error of having careers and like advertising and then UX design. And then the other was to help people. Um, And that's also really broad. About a year or two ago, I got very specific about what I meant by that. And I realized that for me, I want to help people by alleviating suffering. I don't know why that's something that I'm drawn to. I think with most life missions or visions, there are things that you've experienced personally or with people around you. I feel like my purpose here on earth is to help alleviate suffering. And to me, suffering is actually, I think it's a very large scale idea or concept. You can have physical suffering, but there's also emotional suffering and any aspect of a life, like a person, animal, you know, even feeling alone or any form of discomfort. And for me, that's been a lot of why I think I resonate so much with what we do on ABG because we have built a community where people can feel less alone. They feel heard and they feel connected. That to me is like a really, really big thing. And I think moving forward for 2020, as Mel had said, you talked about kind of stepping into this role of the entrepreneur. And we kind of also parallel to that talked about kind of our main goals for for ABG as a whole for 2020. I want to go through that, but I also want to be very thoughtful about what specifically do I want to do with an ABG? What do I enjoy? What do I think my strengths are? And how can I contribute? I think we've actually done it very organically. We kind of like have picked up things, but I kind of want to be more thoughtful now about like, well, of the things that we're doing, like what do I have a stronger inclination for and and whatnot? So that's on the ABG arm. And then on the career arm, UX design is actually something that I started to, like I feel like blends the wanting to do something more creative and helping people because my job as a UX designer is to make sure that people don't feel stupid using technology, is to make sure that it's usable for humans. So I feel like there is still a strong sense of relatability that I feel with that, that career direction. But as I think I kind of covered at the end of 2019, I am in another period of transition. I feel like this happens to me every like four to five years. And usually I switch careers completely. This time, I don't know what that switch will be, but I am at another period of impasse. And I also have a gut sense that this may not all get figured out in 2020. It's like the dream thing is, you know, I did leave my job at the end of last year and it would be awesome if I could step into 2020 and be like, okay, give myself a month off and then I'll find a new job. But I kind of think that potentially whatever I do next could be a part-time thing. It could be a contract role. And I want to then just learn to be comfortable with the temporary. Because even though the last couple of years, I feel like I do keep changing, I personally have not felt comfortable with it. Each time I get anxious and I keep looking for something more stable, and I've realized like maybe I just need to learn to be comfortable with things being in transition. Those are kind of some of my career project-related goals that tie up to my life mission. Question. Yes. Um, since you've been out of your job for a couple of weeks now, what are you implementing to feel less like anxious about what's next? Yeah. Are you doing a- that already? 
Very, very good question. Um, I always kind of go back to my core taking care of myself and my health. Mm. And I, I do believe in the interconnectivity of like physical health, mental health, and emotional health. And I found that for me, one of the easiest ways if I feel like emotional or mentally kind of scattered is to do the physical because you can, you can control that. Mm. So I've started um, like going on runs again and I've started like doing the meditation and that seriously, it does help a lot. And mm. I feel like it helps me kind of have context and, and groundedness. And another thing is just talking to people like you ladies right to help ground me and then like friends that I've had for many years who have seen me go through other cycles and will when I have a freak out moment they're like remember you did this before mm-hmm. it's okay mm-hmm. you know yeah. those are all kind of ways and that, that actually kind of segues into my second kind of category for 2020 in most of my adult life I've, I have focused a lot on kind of health and wellness and I think it's because I felt a need for it through different periods of my life if I think about kind of 2019 I was focused a lot on like yoga this year, I think I've, I kind of hit a plateau and I want to maybe go back to focusing on running. And I think I'm going to be okay with that. I've noticed that every couple of years I shift activities and this year is going to be one where that probably goes back into a more aerobic focus and less of the yoga. And I'm going to be flexible with that and just know that two different things that help accomplish the same overall goal of like having balance in wellness. And I talked about in 2019 having taken a break from alcohol. I dabbled. 18, 2018, I did 30 days. 2019, I did six months. 2020, I have made an active decision to just go completely dry and not put an end date to it. So this is something that I talked about in the in the previous episode, kind of explaining my stance on alcohol and the definition of alcoholism or alcohol abuse or reliance. There's such a large scale and there's so many varying degrees um, of lesser severity to middle to very severe. But at the end of the day, I think... I could be kind of there. I'm sure there's like different perspectives on this, but alcoholism or your relationship with alcohol, it becomes a self-diagnosed thing. And this is something I've worked through uh, over a year with uh, a professional on this and who, who knows me and has seen my behaviors and all the methods I've tried. And it comes down to the bottom line of, I personally do not like my relationship with alcohol right now in my life. And so right now in my life, I'm making an active decision to just cut it out. Mm. And it doesn't mean that sometime down the road, I will, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but um, and it's it's been an interesting like I'm like reading a lot of books about like addiction or addictive behavior and just behavior change. I think that there was a period where I felt really like because those are kind of taboo topics, right? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think a lot of these things and if you read the books on the psychology of addiction, it's like everyone to some degree is addicted to something. Mm-hmm. Addictive behavior can be drugs, it can be alcohol, it can also be I don't know, like I, I need to be super organized or like it's just behavior that you do that kind of is a manifestation of some mm. sort of helplessness or, or stress or something. Oof, oof, so, call that <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, so that's a focus for me in 2020. Um, and then I think we talked about meditation is another way I'm doing that. And in the past, I've done kind of more freeform like headspace or just taking courses. And I found a, a process or a practice that I feel like is more structured so that to me was really exciting and they actually do they have a lot more um in kind of the courses that they teach they explain to you physiologically what's happening to your body when you're doing the certain things that you're doing so why you would do the steps that they have and they've done studies where they hook up mri machines to the brain waves to measure the brain waves as you're using their approach and it's shown that it's achieved a state of like more balance or peace of course those are all things that you know everyone takes for granted who knows who's doing the research whatever it is but I feel like this was the perfect balance of like feeling more scientifically backed, medically sound, and also spiritually still pretty open. 
underneath the category of kind of like health and wellness. So I talked about trying to achieve balance and how I'm redefining balance in 2020 versus how I've defined balance in the past. Another motto or theme that I've coming away from is to not focus on an all or nothing, believing that every little bit counts. I've been thinking a lot about my relationship to food and I've gone a lot back and forth in many, many years. I had an interest in kind of like more of biohacking. So if anyone listens to like Tim Ferriss and all that kind of stuff, when I first started developing, like thinking about like adjusting your diet or like thinking about like fasting and all those things, it was really more of like, I just loved experimenting with mm. my body. And then also like I did, I think growing up in a Chinese household, like you are usually eating cooked Asian foods and we don't like vegetables are almost always cooked in oils and different things. And then I went to college. I was like, oh, there's these, like you can eat like salads and wraps and stuff. So it was also like being introduced to food that tasted differently and noticing how when I ate differently my taste would change so from that perspective it was almost more focused on like health and fitness and then along the way as I started cutting out meat kind of for preference and experimentation I really started developing more of an ethical belief in it if you can kind of think about like as I'm thinking about my life mission of like alleviating suffering that really also reinforced that and in the past year I kind of not proactively but just there has been a lot more content out there about factory farming and all those things and it started to really hit that nerve for me and I kind of have always felt I dealt with that tension of like eating for health and fitness versus eating for my ethics and sometimes they don't align and I believe that every body is different every person is different but for my body and my lifestyle because it's it's not only how your body responds to things but actively what can you do vegetarian diet might work supremely if you're not like out and you know hustling and like you know working like 60 hours a week or 60 hour weeks or whatever it is but for me I found that like a Mediterranean diet where I eat fish and stuff like that is the best for my health but it doesn't necessarily mean it's best for like my ethics and so I guess like my concluding statement at least for now is that I want to in 2020 more strongly practice a plant-based diet which I already do but I think the difference is I want to dial back on my intake of like animal products and I already kind of do that. I, I eat fish, but I feel like I've right now I kind of just like eat fish as I go. I think I want to be more mindful of how I do that. And part of that is because as much as I ethically, I would love to practice veganism, the part of me that still kind of freaks out a little bit is I think you can do it physically. I actually think physically it's, it's harder. It takes planning, but I think you can be very physically fit um, and healthy as a vegan. But I think it's what scares me is the brain health. Like, and that's the thing that like fish and they say animal products, sometimes there's a certain vitamin or mineral or fats that you might not get as easily from plant-based foods. So for that reason, I would still want to incorporate like the fish and the things like that, but to be more deliberate about when I do that. And that all kind of ties back to then, it's like me thinking about my personal stance on health and then ethics and believing in the welfare of other human beings, but also prioritizing my own like health and then so therefore believing that it's not like an all or nothing veganism thing it's like every little bit that you do counts right if you even substitute one of your meals with less meat that collectively would make a huge difference for the environment for the world and then spiritually i think individually you as well sorry we eat meat no 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 (laughs) no, no, no. actually this is a really big thing is like because i a lot of my best friends my family are huge carnivores Mm. i don't ever judge people carnivore (laughs) or omnivore omnivores yeah but uh, i think for me this has always been more of like an internal like what is my personal stance Mm, that i kind of struggle with right or not struggle with but like i kind of 
internally try to figure out like what are my values and what do I believe and I don't judge externally once again I said it's it's very different for every body yeah and then also for every lifestyle and then every person's belief system is totally separate from their own I do commend you for understanding your body and knowing yeah knowing ethically what you want to do because like for me I'm just like food is food <laughs> but I do I am trying to eat more it's like organic as well yeah. and yeah. focusing on also maybe cutting out meat as much as I can or yeah. actually making the selection and mm-hmm. I think that's also been influenced by by you too and I, I think that's, say, that's good yeah I was gonna say the same thing I think we see you all the time so even when I choose food now I actually always go for like the, the vegetarian option sometimes I and also my roommate in college one of my roommates she was like a vegetarian so naturally like I I don't you know. saw how it could it be just, practiced, right? Yeah, yeah, and hearing, I didn't really know how much eating meat can affect the environment. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh crap. So then now it's just being a little more conscious of what yeah. you choose to eat. And like, you just get accustomed to the taste. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't really yeah. want beef. Vegetables are good. It yummy. definitely, yeah. And this is the thing that I always, like, when people kind of ask about switching, I always say, don't think about deprivation, think about addition. So, like, add more vegetables and fruits because then your palate's naturally going to want those things mm. more often. And then it's like, maybe just actively think about deprivation in like one meal, consciously yeah. don't yeah. have meat or something like that. But I actually really like this goal about like how every bit counts because I think naturally me and Helen, we do like to eat meat here and there. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's, it's all we eat, but I think we make that little switch of like, oh, maybe for this option, I won't choose a meat option. I'll do this right. instead because I feel like sometimes I feel a lot of pressure and people will be like, you should turn, you should be a vegan, you should do all these things. Yeah. But it's just more like, well, to be honest, like that is a lifestyle like that work because growing up in an Asian household, we always had meat on yes, the table. Right. And one thing I realized too is like, so I went to Taiwan and a lot of the food is meat. So then when I was in Taiwan, I ate mostly meat for lunch or dinner. And then someone would message me and be like, you shouldn't eat this. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. And then part of me is like, well, do you know? I was like, this is the lifestyle that they live yes, though right. in Taiwan. So it's part of me is like, I'm not saying that it's not possible to be a vegetarian, but like I actually enjoy this food here. Yes. And food is a huge part of travel for me. So I think just being mindful of like your lifestyle and other people's lifestyles and be like, yeah, every bit counts if you want to make that little switch. Yeah. You ladies probably know about me, like, in my political, social, all of those stances, I tend to be someone who is, like, I don't like forcing and I don't like extremes yeah. because I believe there's value in being the extreme and yeah. then there's value in being really loose. But I think I usually sit in the sweet spot of the connector, which is I connect the more extreme with the more general public. Yeah. Like, the general public is never going to convert to an all-vegan, yeah. all-or-nothing. That's just not doable for most people, right? Yeah. But every little, like, if you make it more achievable, then... Mm-hmm. more people will do a little bit and then that will contribute to be mm-hmm. a lot. I think the main thing that you do really well, you just kind of like explain and kind of educate and like, like this is my lifestyle, this is why I do it. Your why kind of influences us big, oh. To think about your And then yeah. we kind of reflect on our own lifestyle and like, then we see how we can incorporate them. your lifestyle into ours, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yay. More vegetables. <laughs> Trying. But also eat meat is, as you want. Like we also heard in the Chinese medicine episode, every everyone has a different perspective on their health and ethics. So my last kind of theme is around dating. And this is something I actually, <laughs> uh, I touched upon pretty heavily with the lady that I'm seeing for therapy. Um, oh, they meant the lady that oh, no. I'm seeing outside of it. <laughs> I was like, oh, what happened? No, no, she <laughs> said, 2020. Oh. lady like us. I was like, oh yeah, we're the ladies. <laughs> oh, okay. That she meant, you know. Oh, that I switched Sexuality. Teams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that might be easier. I'd have a bigger pool, right? Yeah. Of potential, of potential, um, bachelor and bachelorettes my sexual (laughs) preference is the same (laughs) um but yes the one of the things that we discussed for 2020 is what are my goals in trying to find a life partner and that starts with dating and a huge thing that I've kind of realized is even though I have in the last couple of years said I'm open to dating I have been logically open to it but I don't think I have been emotionally open to it 
And I kind of... <laughs> Mel's signaling that my vagina was also not open to... <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, it's fair. They, I mean, maybe my... I mean, I think my vagina is affected by my emotions. And so if I was emotionally not closed... I was also dry for a lot. Yeah, I wasn't like physical with a lot of people for a a long time. But yeah, I think that was a pretty strong realization for me. And realizing that the emotional closed-offness was probably coming out a lot from fear. I was dating a lot kind of carelessly and casually. And I think that that developed a sense of jadedness. And then I became very protective without being aware of it. And so the opposite of that is then I need to learn to practice vulnerability, right? But the hard thing about dating, especially in today's world of apps, is maintaining the balance of being open so you can feel things, but also not being so open that you get hurt mm-hmm. because it's so common now that people will date multiple people at the same time. I don't know. They might ghost you. There's like so many things now I think uh, about dating today where you need to be a little bit more grounded and removed. Mm-hmm. But then in order to feel and like fall for someone, you have to be vulnerable. So that's a really hard balance. So I'm purposefully trying to push myself to be a little bit more vulnerable and open. Um, And then tactically what this means for actually dating too is that I feel like I don't have a strategy on the apps. I'm just kind of like carelessly on them. And one way that she recommended I kind of refocus is to be more deliberate about who you meet up with. So right now I kind of feel like I just meet up with whoever asks because I'm not on it that often. But now I need to think through, is this someone who meets the basic things? And then I'll go out. And then once I've selected to go out, that I will give more chances to. So the time, like, lengthening the timeline and actually my cousin observed this about me she's like I feel like nowadays you guys just do the like two dates that's not enough to really know someone if you've decided mm. to go out with them go for like five to six dates and really get to know them you know so those are my goals for 2020 oh, a lot of goals for 2020 <laughs> <laughs> maybe i need five years for that maybe that's a 2020 <laughs> to 2021 <laughs> that's a decade goal i'm just kidding yeah. No, these are great, though. I, yeah. I really love the um, idea of practicing vulnerability. I mean, we still go on dates here and there, but I think it's a really good thing to be more intentional with it. I'm not saying you weren't, but like I think now that you have this goal, I'm like really curious to see how everything's going to play out for yeah. you. And I'm, just, I'm excited to, to hear about too. Yeah. Aww, Especially you. given your recent... Uh, positive dating experience yeah, I actually yeah. did I, ha- I just I went on date three with someone and he's really awesome and we'll see if he feels the awesomeness back and yeah. what where that goes yeah so. but I was telling Janet earlier I feel like usually after all these dates Helen and I would be like so how was it you know how like how did it go and she always goes eh like it's all like eh yeah. but this is the first time I know it's like we don't know yet but you're like oh it, it went really well I was, I'm excited yeah. So yeah I'm like ooh this is gonna be interesting but I think that's also the part where Jenny said like it's it's better to be a little bit removed from yeah. the real mm-hmm. so it's like eh not putting such like high expectations on it yeah. but kind of just allowing it to be what it is and feeling it out literally yeah <laughs> it out. yeah yeah 2020 <laughs> spoken by the engaged person <laughs> I know <laughs> I mean, I feel it out too. <laughs> uh. All right, speaking of our engaged person, Helen, why don't you share your 2020 focus? I'm very engaging. Just kidding. Yes. Um, you are. <laughs> so I feel like this year is going to be a big year. And I know that people say that every year. But as I mentioned in the last episode, reflecting on 2019, I feel like there was this huge, like, tectonic shift in my life 
from not getting my promotion to really carving out the time to focus on my own mental health, to getting engaged, to having ABG grow so much in the past year. And I feel like there's a lot of like foundational pieces that are laid down and I do feel nervous, but also very excited for it. And I think that's a good place to be. And I think it's also helpful to think about your resolutions sort of in sections, right? Like emotional, mental, physical, professional, educational, experimental, financial, and even like spiritual. So diving in, I am continuing my journey with mental health, similar to Mel and Janet here, seeing a therapist consistently. And I think just like uncovering more parts of me that maybe still hold some shame. Like my therapist has said that shame is treated like a wound rather than masking it with a Band-Aid. Sometimes you got to rip that Band-Aid off and allow air to let the wound or shame that you have breathe um, and allow it to scab over and then it will heal eventually. Um, Because I know for me, like suppressing my feelings has, I think, only like hurt me. I've never been a confrontational person. I don't like to talk about my feelings that much, but now I do have to with ABG. (laughs) When you do suppress your feelings, it kind of leads to this like false sense of security almost like fake happiness. And I know that mental health and all this, for some people out there listening, it sounds very like boo-boo and shit. Um, That's my last name. (laughs) (laughs) And shit included. But that's okay. Um, I think since this past year, I've become such a big advocate for taking care of your mental health. And I know you ladies are as well. And we talk about this on this podcast a lot now. Um, But sometimes you need to let your psyche win over your ego that you have over the stigma of what mental health really is. Um, And I I really, really do hope that our listeners take that to heart. And then um, next, you know, this kind of leads to vulnerability, um, like you said, Janet, but not so much with dating because I guess I can't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Even like having this podcast, I feel like forces us to have very deep conversations and to be very, very vulnerable with ourselves and how we present ourselves to others. And that is something that I do want to wholeheartedly work on more to be sort of beyond the surface level in the conversation, um, not only with others, but also like with myself. Um, And I've mentioned this so many times on this podcast already, but public speaking is one of my biggest fears. And I know that that is a big fear for a lot of our listeners as well. I tell myself that what we're doing with ABG, which is now involving a lot of public speaking, is a bigger movement than myself. And I cannot allow my fear to hinder our progress. So I've mentioned that my voice like quivers, trembles, like Mel says, vibratos. <laughs> and that's, that happens when I get kind of nervous on stage and I can't help it. And two times this past year now on stage, I kind of just call it out when it happens. And so your insecurities, letting it be what it is and kind of owning it, it's really empowering when you can accept and own your insecurities or things that you just don't feel like confident about. And this year, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that success is not about being unafraid, but about being afraid and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quote that shit. That's Your voice, really I was going to say, I don't hear a quiver right now. This is very strong. Because I'm, I'm sick right now. It's covering yeah, the quiver. Yeah, and through the sickness too. You don't sound sick either. Let's go. She's, she's like, she's on a, she's on a. Sean, that made me cold and then yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to mention that in the last episode during our reflections that I brought up that I didn't get a promotion at work and in lines of like vulnerability, a large part of me did not want to share that because when it happened, there was a lot of shame around it. Mm -hmm. I think it's an extremely vulnerable space to be admitting and sort of broadcasting your failures. But I hope what it does is sort of inspire all of us to talk about things that are a little bit more difficult to admit, whether it's our jobs or just our internal struggles. And then nextly, journaling. This was a big part of my end of 2019. So when I first started therapy, September 30th to mid-December, so less than three months, I had filled up a whole journal and a half 
um, and never felt more connected to myself, like ever. Um, and then one day my car got broken into in a very safe street outside my grandparents' house in Temple City uh, in Los Angeles. And my bag was stolen within 20 minutes with like my laptop, my wallet, credit card, um, and everything. And the only thing that literally hurt so bad were those journals being gone. For a week or so, it really made me think. It was so dumb of me to feel so like caring of the words that I had put into it or the effort I had put into it. And a part of me was just like, this is such a waste of time because it could just like poof, disappear. But I've accepted it for what it is. And I know that those journals were incredibly self-healing. And so I bought a new moleskin and I will start journaling again oh, in 2020. Nice. That's good. I wanted to say like, hope that didn't discourage you from journaling. Yes. It yeah. sounds like, it, you know, you gained a lot from it. So it's nice to hear that you got yourself a new journal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that even just the act of doing that, even if the physical item isn't there anymore, just the exercise of that, I can already see how much more in touch with like, yeah. and just how much more open and easy you talk about your feelings. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm it was working really well. <laughs> Journal, baby. <Yes. laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Helen's high <laughs> Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of meds so far. <laughs> um, the next one is professional career. And this one is a little bit difficult for me. I'm sort of at a standstill right now with like work-life balance. And also, like you've mentioned, Janet, like what I truly define as success, whether it's the title, the bonuses, the money, or something that makes you feel truly creative and free. Um, I think I'm still struggling with this a little bit and I probably need some more time to meddle on it. But I think this year will be a very defining year. Mm-hmm. Let's leave it at that. My health, obviously. I feel like <laughs> my health has been like deteriorating. I've gotten really sick three times this past three months, more than I have the past like five years combined. Mm. And I used to like pride myself in not getting sick. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. But like literally the first day, like January 2nd was the first day that the hospital I mean they were probably open on January 1st too but like the first business day I was already in the hospital like had double pink eye like (laughs) fucking viral cough or whatever it was so I don't know what's going on so many viruses in her body yeah Yeah, they're all just like having fun in there (laughs) but in terms of my health I think in in line with what Janet said like the alcohol thing I think I'll probably go a little bit more dry probably be like moist (laughs) I'll be moist with Janet instead Uh, of dripping (laughs) I'll be a little moist. I'll be a little wet with that. But not like, yeah, not like an ocean. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. A pond. a pond versus an ocean. I'll join and I'll just be that. the island, like the dry. Yes. The oh, yeah. And then we can like jump on her island every so often. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> we can just like, dock, we're we can on dock like floaties out there. Yeah, we can just dock our boat there. So make sure you're dry. Yes. Yeah. And then with fitness, honestly, uh, I want to get in the best shape of my life because this, I'm, Another goal is to like get married this year. I don't know if that's going to happen because 2020 is a very popular year and a lot of places are already booked up. Um, so it might have to be 2021. But I do want to get in the best shape of my life. But I also want to be realistic and gentle with myself if I'm not. I think it's important to normalize normal bodies and to work out to feel good and not just to be thinner or toner or whatever it is. But work out to feel good. That's something that I'm, I'm focused on. And perhaps get that damn pull up too, which I've been trying to do for three years now. And I also want to be more aware of the foods that I'm eating. So not as uh, extreme or I haven't had as much introspection as Janet has with that. But even if it's just like cutting out coffee um, and replacing it with like green tea or something or monitoring what types of foods give me the energy that I typically like and what meals or 
sort of lack of meals deplete me from that. So generally eating healthier. And then something more experimental, getting a hobby. I think as much as I do and as much as people think I do, I actually don't have many hobbies. I used to play volleyball a lot, but I've replaced that with going to the gym. And I wouldn't necessarily say that gymming is a hobby. Yeah. I realize that I do a lot of things because it's productive or efficient. And I think, mm-hmm. Janet, you mentioned this in yours too, or maybe from last year. But like, I love efficiency. One of my pet peeves is like slowness. I don't know if you guys have noticed that about me I've noticed (laughs) in like anything I bought a bunch of books at the beginning of last year because I wanted to read more but I always find myself erring towards things that will make me more productive like well you need to pay your credit card bills you need to revamp your closet you need to go through your clothes and donate them to charity you need to like prep for meals tomorrow and I think with the limited time that we do have I find it really hard to just do things that I enjoy for no Mm. purpose at all so that's something that I, I want to discover this year and to allow myself the freedom to just do it too. Mm. I would say lastly, gratitude and talking to myself with kindness. Yes. More woo-woo shit. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but it works. That shit works. Yeah. yeah. It does. It really does. I started like putting this a piece of paper up on my bathroom mirror mm. um, to write things that I'm grateful for or like positive affirmations that I can say to myself. Because from therapy, I realized that I do have a lot of like negative self-talk and even like low self-worth, which I never thought I had. But I think that's because I suppress my feelings a lot. So the affirmations have really been helping. And sometimes after a bad day, I'll write down, like, I am a really shitty person. And then my fiancé, who shares the same bathroom with me, he would, like, cross it out and write, you're an amazing person. Aww. Oh, I really like that kind of sharing and then having a kind of conversation. So it's kind of like, yeah, we're writing notes to each other. But he doesn't tell me, like, go check the notes or something like that. Like, I'll just see it when I'm brushing my teeth. So I think that's a really good thing to do. Like, put it up on you. I mean, you see your bathroom mirror every day, hopefully. Y'all shower and brush your teeth. But <laughs> you'll, you see it every day, so it's a good place to just, like, have it, right? Mm. And I think that's it. And I think last one, yeah, I mentioned getting married. Save that for last. I mentioned it earlier. I like that you use the tectonic. Ooh, a, because yes. I do, from what you've read, there's a lot of core grounded principles that you're challenging this year and that you're mm. exploring, like the counter to what you're comfortable and what you're used to. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I feel like I say this every year, but this year it definitely feels like the biggest shift. Like something yeah. has shifted in 2019. And yeah. all of these things, hopefully I can hit upon them. I know last year, looking back at my old resolutions for 2019, I only hit like half of them. Mm. But, you know, if I hit half of these in 2020, beginning of 2021, I'll be pretty happy mm. with myself. I think also listening to your focuses for 2020, they're very drastically different from your previous ones. Oh, because yeah. I think you even mentioned this before that like, your twenty eight or the 2019 goals were very more like external. And mm-hmm. right now it sounds like they're more internal, which mm-hmm. I feel like already just what Janet mentioned that you going to therapy and kind of reflecting more on yourself internally has like, we already see a shift in you. Yeah. yeah. They were like more tactical, like a to-do before. It's, yes. an, it's her efficient side. It's your efficiency in. side. Absolutely. Yeah. And now they're like getting at the core of a value or a principle mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and challenging and shifting that. So. And I think that's actually like one thing that I did in therapy was like my therapist cut out a bunch of different like values. You can like look it up, Google it, values, cut out like 200 of them or whatever. There's probably a different number of them, but cut them all out into different pieces of papers and just like align them to what's not important to you and to what's like semi important, important, and then like very important. Mm. And then you can actually see what your values are and do it like every year because then you can actually see how your values have shifted and what to also focus on, like align your resolutions to your values. So that's something that that I've been trying to do. I totally um, Google tectonic just to make sure. (laughs) Just to triple check, I know what you're talking about. It is a science term, yes. 
And I was like, wait, I think I learned this in like a Pangea or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to read for our listeners in case anyone else out so there? So technol- tectonic. <laughs> so tectonic, a usopdictionary.com, is relating to the structure of the Earth's crust in the large scale processes which take place within it. Another term for it is um, relating to building or construction. So I feel like that's why you say 2020 is going to be a big year of building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think all three of us kind of feel that. Like, there's something very, I don't want to say it's important, but there's something very special and significant about this year. I think our goals sound a little different. And also just ABG, we feel a little like something's going to shift this year. I don't know what it is or what's going to happen, but something's going to shift for all three of us, collectively and individually too. I agree. Yes. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. So I hope everyone listening right now to this podcast does take the time to reflect and create your personal resolutions on paper. And if you guys have kind of sat down and thought about what your 2020 goals are, we would love to hear from you. And if you guys could share that with us, go ahead and email us at asianbossgirl at gmail.com. And we're also very active on social media. You can find us at Asian Boss Girl on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave the sparkle emoji that we always use in our captions in the comments below. You can also listen to us every Thursday and subscribe to us on iTunes, Overcast, on Spotify, and all the other podcasting platforms at abg-asianbossgirl. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.